The views and opinions expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this station or its sponsors. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. I don't know if it's sunny or not. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. But I'm sure McCain will tell me the truth. Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about bunking, about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, saying a little sunshine song. 31 degrees, I'm sorry, 32 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 30 at the Highlands, 26 in my backyard in Elm Grove, and... Uh, 30 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group <laughs> Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. John uh, McCabe is here with us. Uh, it's been a while, John. Yeah. I was in the Greenbrier. You were on vacation. Uh, I wasn't they, at the Greenbrier, Howard. I was at the Greenbrier. Yeah, I was at, you know, in Bethlehem, West Virginia. No, I was, Not at the Greenbrier with the governor. I, I was down there having a good time. I heard you had bad meals, though. Bad service? I, Come on now. I'm not going back to Sam Sneeds. I'm going to tell you that. But other than that, every place was good. Well, good. And thank God it was because, my Lord, there ain't nothing cheap with the Greenbrier. Holy mackerel. One meal, Nancy and I, just the two of us. No drinks, $220. Was it a $220 meal? Yeah, it was. Was it? Okay, well, yeah. that's good. You know, I mean, as yeah. long as you can say it yeah, was it worth really it. Yeah, it was. It really That's did. the key. It wasn't like $220, and you're like, really? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Could have had a burger at yeah. uh, McDonald's. Yeah, no. It, I had a good – I really enjoyed the Green Bar. I, we're really thinking about trying to make it a, an annual trip. I tell you, it must be nice to have that kind of money. That's all well, I can it's, say. You know, it's, it's, it's just – it's fun to go. Um, I need to ask you, because you have made it your mission in life every day – to correct me, I'm on just trying something. to give you accurate. You correct facts. me on something facts. every day. Every I do day. just to get under your skin. Actually, I, I, I said that uh, I thought that the uh, legislature. Uh, I thought they gathered into session on Mondays and then waited until the state. Right. The state. No, John says no. Don't do it. Well, I mean, it, that's true. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be like anything other than just give you accurate information. So yesterday, you can pass it I on said, to your readers. Yesterday on our. Opening well, you and Bob segment. were talking about it being cloudy. I'm I'm driving. I'm like. There's not a freaking cloud in the sky. Well, I know, because you sent me a picture. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just, driving, which is not good. Yeah, we'll come to think of this. <laughs> That's not, anyways, it's good, to, it's good to see you. How was yeah. your, I haven't talked to you since holidays. How was your holiday? It was, it was really good. Really good. Um, yeah, just it was nice to see, uh, ever have everybody home. and and uh, But really good. You remember what it's like when kids, you know, first couple years out of the house and college and whatnot and starting life. Uh, it was nice to have everyone home. Busy, good. but, uh, you know, nice. Uh, city business has been... A couple of things have been really big, and then there's not a lot else going yeah. on. I mean, there's a couple of things that are really big. So Can we talk about something that's really important, though? Sure. What is just it? before we get in there, I mean, I know you guys have been talking to Sopranos all week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, let's just, maybe this first five, ten minutes, let's just hit on that because, you know, it's... 25 uh, years of the yeah. Sopranos. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was thinking uh, this week as that's been being promoted. You know, I started, I didn't miss, I did not watch the first, I think it was the first two seasons as they came out. Watched them back when, you know, Netflix was still sending out DVDs, you know, and you ordered the DVDs. That's how I watched the first two seasons of The Sopranos. Um, but I'll ask you, outside of, you know, I'm going to assume Tony Soprano may be your, your favorite character from the show. Who is your favorite character? Ooh. Well, Polly Walnuts, mm -hmm. I would probably say. Bob, where would you go with that? Uh, Polly Walnuts. Yeah. yeah. Polly you know, Walnuts. I've been thinking about that this week. One that I really liked, and I, I was watching it again these last couple of days, first two seasons, which were excellent. I thought season three was not so good. Um, but Richie Apria. Oh, what a great! If ever he kept it interesting, that's for sure. If he really ever did. There was someone who should have been killed, though. 
You know, if you think it about some him. of the, I was watching last night, and it, you know, when when Tony says, you know, don't put those Manson lamps on me. Put them on my Charles Manson. Remember <laughs> yes. that? And and John, stare. I think another uh, answer to that question would be the most shocking of of all the moments in The Sopranos. What was the most shocking moment? And I think when Janice shot him, yeah, he was shocked. I was shocked. <laughs> But but yeah, uh, she's got a bad meal. Bad. I mean, he's he's had a bad dinner. Doesn't like the way she cooked his dinner. She comes back with a gun. He says, "What are you gonna do?" Still with mouthing that her. Thing? Yeah, and that that was a great moment. But I haven't thought about that for a while, John. But you're right. He was a great character. You know, if you remember, the reason he hit her was because she was saying his son. He should be proud that his son was a professional dancer. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and basically who cares if he's gay? Yeah. And, and Richie <laughs> smacked her upside the head. Or actually punched her in the face, I think. Like punched her right in the mouth. Yeah. And, and then, then said, give me my dinner. <laughs> and, John, I don't know if you were listening earlier, but there might be a reason that well, you were disappointed with season three. Because I watched this thing last night on YouTube that uh, David Chase uh, said that uh, Nancy Marchant's uh, illness and then death through that all around because they were going to do the storyline how Tony was going to deal with her testifying right. against him. Right. And the eventual outcome was probably going to be he was going to kill her. And then the actress that played her got sick and they had to change everything. So they had to rewrite season three. So maybe that has something maybe to do with it. Just, that, it definitely, the first two seasons were great. Season three, not so much. I, I would agree with you. Yeah. I, I'm, like you, I did not watch season one when it first came out. Right. I, I had all my friends were, you know, the Bud Stud, John Bardinelli, <laughs> and my friend, the late Mark Papa. They would every week, you, get this, you didn't see it, you didn't see it. I never saw it. And then I caught up with it. And then after, from there on in, it was, and it's the only time my wife would actually get mad at me. Sunday nights, nine o'clock, don't come in to the room. It's as simple as that. <laughs> and, you know, don't come, you know, she, honey, what do you want for, I, it's not, it, 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 don't even ask me what I want for dinner. It's the Sopranos right now. You know, and it's just, uh, and again, and maybe it's just watching season two again, which was Richie Apria's only season on the show. But some of the lines, and I, and I put them on so I wouldn't forget them. But, you know, remember he ran over uh, Beansy, Beansy with his, with his yes. car. And, and I think Tony said, he said, I thought I told you to back off Beansy. He said, I did. Then I put it in drive. <laughs> was, I mean, it's not funny, but, but it is funny. But it is, but it is funny. <laughs> but, it is funny. But, but isn't that part of what the Sopranos was all about we can we then and now laugh at this guy running over <laughs> and making a cripple of this you know <laughs> that's what the sopranos man is do so maybe it wasn't such a good show after all <laughs> yeah. well and yeah. you know there were some west virginia references in the in, in the show if you recall uh and one of them was in uh, i think season three uh they're talking about taking uh uh it was pussy bumping zero it was one of those flashback scenes taking uh red tag garbage to a landfill in Peyton City. It was oh, just like a one line in the show. Well, uh, Polly Walnuts was in prison. In Steuben. In Steuben. Well, well, no, he was in... Jefferson County Jail. No, I yes, think he, he was in... He, they stole a car from Steuben. I thought he was in Youngstown. He was heading to Steubenville. You right. never really understood where he did get right. arrested, but yeah, he was heading to Steubenville. He was in prison in Youngstown. Here, I, I, I yeah. told the story on the yeah. air uh, the morning after that show. I said, oh, Polly Walnuts yeah. was, was in prison. I think I said in Jefferson uh -huh. County. And he called... And I got a call from a local reporter saying, are you telling me that that guy from Sopranos was arrested in Steubenville? No, no, no. It was part of the TV show. No. But, uh, yeah, you're right. There were yeah, references. A couple, couple local references. And, again, the, the, I think there was another one, at like a garbage man's ball, where they said, you know, talking about taking radioactive waste to West Virginia, which is always good, you know. 
we we've got a guest in the studio, and I, Brian, I don't know if you even want me to mention that you're here or not, but Brian Alexander is an author, a writer, and he's uh, I've met him a couple of times. He's working on a, maybe a book about uh, about this area. Um, he's written a couple of really good books, which I would recommend to you about sort of towns like this and areas like this, including what was the book about the hospital? Was it called the hospital? Yeah, called uh, the hospital. Really good because it it's kind of works way its way through hospital like electo and how it came yeah, into a town yeah for they? certain yeah anyways brian is here just kind of watching things today but i just i have to ask you were you a sopranos fan uh, i didn't get hbo so i would only ah. see it i'd only see it if i was traveling in a, in a hotel i, <laughs> I love the episodes that i saw but it all became very disconnected yeah, yeah okay all right uh and i suppose bob there are a lot of people who are like you not like you 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 saw the, the episodes but you watch them now on YouTube. I suspect there are a lot of people now who only know what they see occasionally on YouTube. Right. Unless you just absolutely hate TV. I mean, those days that it's cold, you don't want to do anything. If you haven't been there yet, check it out. Go to Max, and uh, you can you can start at the what the pilot episode and go all the way through. Or you can do. I mean, you can. There's some backstory if you don't know it, you can lose. But you can almost start in with any episode. Yeah. Or you can be like John and go right to the Saints of uh, Newark. That's the best uh, out there. So yeah, go right to that. But it, um, Sopranos is 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 among is is absolutely among the best TV. You shows know, the one thing that you do forget too uh, with with Christopher is you know his arc is always wanting to do movies, and I just really hadn't thought of it. You know, even back in season two when he's with John Favreau. Yeah. And you know, and and I hadn't watched season two in quite some time, and you know, just watching those. And literally, I'm turning them on when I go to bed. You know, I'm waking up in the middle of the night and catching snippets here and there. But, you know, when he's with John Favreau trying to teach him how to be a, a mobster, you know, talk like a right, mobster. Right. And, uh, and, you know, and then later, of course, that leading into him producing Cleaver. And, uh, you know, so just kind of funny the throughout the show how his arc was so focused on anything other than being a gangster. Right. In a yeah, lot that of was not what he really yeah. wanted yeah. to be. And when he got when he was a made man the night that he was made. He really thought twice about that when he saw the bird in the window. And yeah, he thought, you yeah. know, really, do I want to do this? Um, and given how he ended, probably he shouldn't have. That's probably, right. Uh, probably shouldn't have. It is amazing, though. Look, the three of us here, we're talking about this. We're dropping references that you know and I know yeah. about. Half the audience is going, "What?" All right, so let's really confuse them. Yeah, you pick one female you're going to go on a date with. Oh, from the show. From the show. Well, if, if I think my, my response is going to surprise you guys. Okay, well, you go first then. What was Artie's wife's name? Uh, uh, Charmaine. Charmaine, yes. Charmaine, I'm, she, I'm, I'm taking Charmaine out. Yeah. Okay, Charmaine. Okay. Charmaine was at the, I told you earlier this week, they had a big uh, 25th anniversary party, and the character who played, the actress who played Charmaine was there. You're thinking Dr. Melfi, aren't you, Howard? This is going to be embarrassing. <laughs> I was thinking Carmella. <laughs> okay, you can't go wrong there. Carmella was, uh, you know, if we're going by looks on the show, uh, probably Adriana. She was, she was See, very striking. Thought, I, I, well, interesting. Keep that thought in mind. You can go to her. What's that called? Howard members only. I don't know how much she gets oh, down she to, that, but oh, she's oh, on there now. You can well, check her out. I, I, there's not much. I mean, age has not served her well, unfortunately. I, I, I mean, she was very attractive in her 20s, but not so much anymore yeah anyway more oh, let's see i've got a couple of texts here on this let me see um 304-214-1600 the uh, frio stack auction service text line don't forget tony's mom i hope that's not a date she was a she was a harsh looking woman yes. <laughs> there's no doubt about that's, that that's absolutely right so all right there we go um 
All right, so a little Sopranos talk. Well, I'm glad we had a chance. Yeah, to it's always good. Kick, kick. I, again, just remains such a good show. And, and I still, when I, and my wife gets mad because sometimes I just, I'm going to sit down and watch some Sopranos. What are you going to watch mm. that for again? But <laughs> I just sit down on, what I try and do these days is put my earbuds on and watch it on YouTube because they do have whole episodes or long stretches of episodes right. in there. 922, 22 after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. So the Friday roundtable of local news kicks off with a 20-minute conversation <laughs> about The Sopranos. We will talk about some local news. McCabe is here. That's coming up next. What's going on, Tom? I think I know what happened to Ralph. And if I'm right, he ain't coming back. New York. Johnny Sack? What was it? A fat joke? Sure, that didn't help. Carmine. It's hard thing we're into. They wanted a piece of it. I think they confronted Ralph. Things went sour. What'd he say, John? It wasn't what he said so much as what he didn't say. We're talking about New York here. Before we do anything, in terms of payback, you go to your people. I want a full investigation. Nobody makes a move till we know what happened. You understand? When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands with a full array of quick service choices from McDonald's, Wendy's, Five Guys, Taco Bell, Jersey Mike's, Jimmy John's, Chick-fil-A, or DiCarlo's Pizza. Or you can dine in at Eden Park, Primanti Brothers, Texas Roadhouse, El Paso, or Quaker Steak and Lube. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Trio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. From estates to business liquidation, antiques, coins, firearms, real estate, and more. We're also certified appraisers. Trio and Stack can handle it all. Call us now for a free outside consultation. 304-233-3168. Or visit FrioAndStack.com. Licensed in West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Trio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. Last year, they took on the NFL and beat the spread. This season, they plan on doing it again. If you want to cash in, tune in every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 for Good Old Boys on Sports with Bear and Bob here on the Watchdog Radio Network and the All Sports Saturday Morning. Good Old Boys is all we'll ever be. He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. I read the news today, oh boy. Oh, our old theme song. About the, uh, Friday Roundtable. Reviewing Ohio Valley News. 
news of the past week, and really John hasn't been here for a while, so we haven't had a chance to review it for uh, for some time. John, the one thing I'm curious about, um, I don't know if you have any more information than I have. Uh, folks who have been filing for city council and for the mayor's race here, mm-hmm. and we, uh, we've talked about the uh, statewide races, and they're easy to get to online, and we've been keeping up on that. But, um, of course, Mayor Elliott, uh, term limited. We're still waiting to see what he's going to do. Yeah. Um, and uh, we have three people who have announced they're going to run for mayor. But as far as I know, Denny Magruder is the only candidate who has filed for mayor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. As of as of yesterday at 430. Rosemary so. Ketchum and um, Chad Thalman both have said they're going to run, mm-hmm. and I believe they will file. But they haven't. Denny's the only one who has filed. We have a handful of folks who have filed for city council. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we have uh, one one current council member, member uh, Dave Palmer in Ward 6, uh, yesterday, I believe it was uh, announced or you know refiled for for reelection, and then we've got a few folks, a uh, couple, couple of that, couple ones. that we know, a couple and, of uh, ones, yeah. So in Ward Three, George Greenbaum, I don't know George. I am not familiar with that name. And then no. Chris Ham is also filed there. Chris uh, ran for mayor and has ran for council a couple times. But ran for mayor most recently back in twenty. And he's in what ward? Ward Three, which then, is Rosemary's ward. Uh, yes, yes, that's East Wheeling uh, and, and into South Wheeling, correct, okay. and, Mo's, and Mozart. So then Ward 1, which is out in Warwood, you've got Tony Acero, who has been uh, long talked about as, as being interested in running. He announced, I mean, sort of mm-hmm. social media announced right. months ago, yeah. Right, and then, uh, you know, in Ward 2, an interesting uh, interesting revelation with uh, current uh, High County GOP chairwoman Carly Dittmer announcing yeah. her candidacy. Who has uh, been a gigantic thorn in the side of Wheeling Council the past yeah. year or so. Yeah, and... and uh, Interestingly enough, uh, you know, she had a somewhat public dispute with current second ward councilman Ben Seidler. If you recall, over the what was it, the drag queen show yes. uh, last summer at the at the waterfront. Uh, so that that kind of blew up, and she's now running for that seat. Mr. Seidler has not filed for reelection. And then uh, lastly, in Ward Five, which is the, the Dimmydale area, uh, Oakmont out there, uh, Julia Chaplin, who uh, again has been a frequent. Uh, member at uh, at council to to get up and, and talk and, and express um, dissatisfaction with some of council policies particularly when it comes to social issues so you have three people that i mean i i, I need to learn about mr greenbaum i do mm-hmm. not know mm-hmm. him uh dave has been on now for what this would be his this third to be his third, third term, term. Right. but um carly dittmer and julia chaplin and chris ham would all, if they were to be elected, and are they up against each other? No, so they all no, three could, all they all could conceivably be elected. Right. That would change the entire complexion sure. and direction, of, regardless of who becomes mayor. Right. That would change the complete direction of city council because they are all, of those three people, they've all been um, uh, strong critics of mm-hmm. the direction this current council has taken. 100%. And, you know, and again, as most people should know, we do have a a uh, strong manager form of government here. So, you know, the mayor is just another vote. It's a titular title that really doesn't, uh, you know, has the has public no, face, but not... He, he has no real power. Right, no, no power outside of just he, the he, one vote. He's he's empowered to be the chair of the Economic Development mm-hmm. Committee, I think. Yeah. But the, the, the uh, 1992 charter doesn't give him... The power all resides in Bob Heron. Yeah. A fact that Bob Heron, every once in a while, have you noticed this? slyly and quietly points out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he says, you know, he essentially says, but see, I run the city, which is the way it's supposed to be. Right. The council hires the manager. The manager runs the day-to-day. Yeah. It's that simple. 
But, it, but I have been saying all along, and now we're seeing this to be possibly true, that while we've been focused in the last six months or so on who's going to be the mayor, who's going to be the mayor, with uh, at least two council seats open mm-hmm. and others that could be open, this could be a completely different council. This could change the entire – this council has all worked relatively well together for really two terms, mm-hmm. really for six years under Glenn mm-hmm. Elliott, um, with some disagreements. But they've been off in this, pretty much the s- same direction. I don't think there's a lot of personal love among some members, but but you're right. You don't hear a lot of uh, floor-level discussions and arguments like we used to have 20, 30, 40 years ago. Um, there seems to be a – somewhat common vision which is good and that's helped propel things you know forward uh you know even though it's hard to see forward with the streetscape going on now uh but um you know it's generally been a and i would say kind of starting with jack lippart and moving through now it's been a council that you know we'll have some disagreements but generally everyone's been rowing in the same direction maybe not you know maybe not at the same level all the time but every you know they've got an idea of where they want to go now i think this you know again there's a lot of reasons why this this next council slash mayor uh, are, are going to be very important. Um, I mean, the, the, it's always important, number one. But two, you know, <clears throat> the city's coming off a time, as, as every city in this country is right now, where they've just had unlimited, almost unlimited amounts of money to spend. You know, 30, you know, they had an extra annual well, they, budget yeah. to spend because of COVID money right. and, and, and relief funds. Um, you know, uh, that's all gone now, I think, outside of, what, $100,000 or that $30 million they had. So you're going to have... A, you know, this next council going to come in and not be able to hand out a lot of money, not uh, going to have to be much more fiscally prudent uh, in how they how they approach their jobs um, and how they approach uh, moving the city forward. You know, and then I think at some point, too, you know, we mentioned Bob Heron. Bob Heron has been in Wheeling now for 20, 20 this is his 23rd year, I believe, in Wheeling um, as city manager, you know. I'm sure Bob's going to retire at some point. I don't know when. I don't know if he has any. I know you talked to him I, recently. I asked him about that specifically. Mm-hmm. I think it was off the air. I can't remember. But I did ask him, are you, are you thinking about mm-hmm. retirement? His answer was no, I'm okay. not. No, I'm not. I mean, you know, uh, but that's something that, you When know, he I, does retire, where's he going to go? He told us where he's going to. I come to Canton, I believe. Yeah, going back up in Ohio. Yeah. So, um, you know, but that's something that has to be in back of mind at some point in these next you know, maybe eight years. And again, I'm not trying to push Bob out the door. Bob is an excellent manager in a lot of ways um, and, and and has stewarded the city very, very well over, you know, two plus decades. But that is something at some point, you know, a council is going to have to think about a succession plan. Uh, you know, they obviously have Bill Lanham there, but Bill's been in, in this business for a long time as yeah, I'm well. Not sure he's he no Bob Heron. Just let me say that right out the... Okay, well, let we me get that out there. And let me say, <laughs> I feel so strongly about Bob Heron, I'm going to root for the Browns this Sunday. And I, I get almost sick just saying that. And if you want to also, you can catch it here on the Watchdog Radio Network. What's it? 4.30 kickoff. Just let me get that out there, John. All right, All right Bob. John, <laughs> the, uh, we don't have any... Other than Dave Palmer, mm-hmm. and I don't think he'll be opposed. Right. I don't think we have any of the other current council candidates having filed yet. Correct. Yeah. Or even really announced. David announced early on mm-hmm. he was going to right. run for re-election. Uh, Rosemary it can't run, so that seat is going to be an open. Well, seat. Well, she could if she doesn't file for mayor. Well, but I, yeah, but, I, I'm but, assuming she follows up right, on it. Exactly. Yes, you're, you're right. Yeah. Thalman, same way. So those two seats are going to be open. Um, but so the interesting thing is going to be to see whether any of these what I would call opposition type candidates are going to have opposition from their from you know the current council yeah, members or somebody else. I would be you know I, I think the one that you know 
is still kind of the wild card right now, whether he's going to run for re-election, whether he may run for another office uh, from just you know what, what the scuttlebutt around town is, is uh, Councilman uh, Jerry Sklopinakis. Um, a lot of talk, you know, is he going to be going to maybe run for prosecutor or run for county commission? Um, you know, so that's been out there you know, from, you hear that from a lot of different areas. Ty Thorngate, I would not be, you know, I, I would think Ty would file for re-election. I think, would think Ben Seidler, I've not heard any indication. I would anticipate. Ben's not interested. I would feel, I look at Ty Thorngate and also at uh, Jerry Sklavonakis. Jerry has picked a handful of issues mm-hmm. to speak up on mm-hmm. in his term in office. Other than that, he tends to just sit back and, yeah. I almost say go with the flow. I mean, he may vote in a different way, but. He doesn't get actively involved in other than a couple of things. And Ty is very, very quiet yep. uh, the whole time he's been in office. So uh, it's hard for me to read what those guys yeah. may or may not want to do. Ben Seidler is a very vocal and active council member. And I would, uh, at one point, I thought he might actually consider running for mayor. I don't think he's going to do that now. But uh, I think what most of these folks, and you realize that once you're in or if you, if you study it and watch it as, as you have and I have over the years, you know, the, the job of a uh, council member slash mayor, it, the pay is, what, $20,000 now for the mayor, like seventeen five yeah, eighteen thousand for council, something 000. like that. Up, yeah. But it is a full-time job. I mean, it, you know, it consumes uh, your, your day. I mean, no matter where you're at, you see, you know, you see the mayor or the vice mayor. You know, people are asking, you know, talking to them about city issues. No matter where you go, if you're a member of city council, you are going to be stopped. You could yeah. be having a dinner at the Alpha or uh, Generations, and you're going to somebody's going to come up mm-hmm. and talk to you about city affairs. More than that, what I have found over the years, as I'm sure you have, is I, I have to chuckle sometimes at the people who think, well, I'm going to be a council member, and they get elected, and they think, well, I'll be there on Tuesday nights. Yeah. No, you're going to be there six times a exactly. week for, for literal, for literally for meetings. Exactly. Then you'll be bothered everywhere you go. Yeah, I mean, and, and is, that's that's the point. Is it is a it is a big commitment, and you know uh, the pay level is not really it's non-existent. Uh, yeah, it, it I mean, doesn't council, compare with the work you put in. Mayor gets at least enough to you know maybe take a good vacation. But, yeah, uh, I mean the, the the it's it's non-existent for the council mm-hmm. members. It's just it's just a token. It really is. Well, we've got a couple of weeks. You know, the filing deadline I think is the twenty seventh. I think so. Uh, yeah, that Saturday afternoon. So, you know, uh, it's only the first week. I would assume next week we'll probably see a good number. Um, yeah, we'll have some people who will wait till the end, as they always do. You know, again, as we continually talk, those wild cards out there that like to get in and cause havoc. Uh, you know, what are they going to do that this year? If any of them gets into the mayor's race, that could what do you think? You know, significantly thought, change things. We need to do a break here real mm-hmm. quick. But I thought all along, and I've said out loud, and I think you and I have agreed, that it was likely to be somebody else. We knew that Chad was going to run. We knew that Rosemary was going to run. Denny announced early enough that mm-hmm. we had him in the mix. Um, I really have felt all along that there was going to be somebody else. I have no idea who. Yeah. pop up but i haven't heard any talk about that same here uh but again you so know, we could well, end up with just the three of them yeah yeah that would be i think it'd be an interesting race with the three of them 9 36 24 to the hour the friday roundtable underway um the, the city has not had a lot going on but what they have had going on have been very big stories uh, and we'll talk about that coming up next here on the watchdog morning show Good Friday morning everyone i'm taylor long with your seven news headlines on this january the 12th 
Celebrating its 35th year, the Ogilvy Institute's Stifle Fine Arts Center is once again highlighting local creativity through their regional student art exhibition. Last night, they welcomed students and families from across the Ohio Valley to their opening reception of the exhibit. Students in grades 9 through 12 from 14 different high schools submitted artwork in six categories. Drawing, photography, mixed media, painting, 3D and sculpture, and digital painting. The regional art exhibition is free and open to the public to tour until February 9th. Wednesday was the start of the West Virginia legislative session with various groups from near and far uniting to affect change in the Mountain State. One of which is the anti-human trafficking organization Ignite Hope, who took to the Capitol floor for the first time to meet senators and let them know that their team is here to bring awareness and education. Because of their efforts, the Senate officially recognized January as Human Trafficking Awareness Month and are also working to change terminology surrounding human trafficking laws. You can find out more information and resources on the Ignite Hope on their Facebook page, and we have a link set up for you over on our website, and their first charity event is tomorrow at 6 p.m. In honor of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, we will be airing a tribute to Dr. King called A Granddaughter's Dream. It features Yolanda Renee King, the only grandchild of the civil rights leader. At just 15 years old, Miss King wrote the book We Dream a World Carrying the Light from My Grandparents, Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King. You can watch the special Monday evening at 7.30 on WTRF, my Ohio Valley. That was a look at your headlines. Have a fantastic Friday and a wonderful weekend, everyone. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. My name is Mike Campsey. I am an interventional cardiologist and the chief of cardiology at Wheeling Hospital. I think the value of HVI in this region is tremendous. We offer such a wide spectrum of services from prevention to intervention, we're going to get the patient in as quickly as possible. That's the most tremendous benefit to the patients in this region is we, we're here 24-7. We're available to see somebody. Are you or your loved ones facing a serious legal battle? The Law Office of Paul Harris wants you to know you aren't alone. Do you need someone that's not afraid to go to trial and fight for your rights? Attorney Paul Harris and his team are willing to go where most firms are not. The Courtroom, with a successful track record in civil litigation, criminal defense, including tax issues and health care fraud, Harris Law Office will fight for their clients by offering the most aggressive representation in and out of court. Call Paul Harris at Harris Law Office for a free consultation, 304-232-5300. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Nine forty twenty through the hour. Watchdog Morning Show. John McCabe is here with me. Newspaper editor and I are kicking around the stories of the week or so gone by here in the Upper Ohio Valley on our Friday roundtable. Uh, one story that continues to dominate uh, John, although not a lot's happening right this very minute, except it's happening outside our doors right now. Have you noticed? I felt work? it. Can you feel the? I felt. I, mean, I felt it. Yes. They're working streetscape right outside the yeah. building here especially when you get into the restroom which is clear in the back of this building i swear bob i keep thinking they're coming through the wall at some point don't you feel that way 
Oh, maybe you ought to keep an eye out for that, Howard. I mean, remember a couple of years ago, they yes. were, they're working out there. They broke a water line. and Where's flooded, that water coming from, Howard? flooded our building. Uh, man, but I mean, you can feel the building shaking, all that work outside on Market Street. Yeah. So the streetscape is certainly still one of the big stories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's, I mean, it's an ongoing story. But, you know, really the uh, kind of the news this week on it uh, is the launching of the city web portal. Um, what is it? Wheelingwv.gov backslash streetscape project, I think. Right. That's going to, you know, again, uh, provide some some uh, better information. I mean, you know, it's, I was thinking about this. You know, this project's been ongoing for 15 months, and it's really been 15 months of absolutely about the worst communication yes. that, that could ever happen. And this is from the state, not the city. This is a state issue. Um and so the city, thankfully, you know, it, for the we've got about 15 months left in the project or so. And at least in that time period, we at least have the opportunity for better information to flow to the public. You know, I mean, I, I went back, you know, we've written since, the you know, this project started, you know, four or five dozen stories um, on the streetscape. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and it's just but everything is kind of, you know. When we get an email that a street's closing, it comes at four o'clock and it's closing tomorrow morning. Right. You know, so you don't have a lot of time. The public doesn't have a lot of time to to adjust. I mean, or the businesses, that or, are and, and of course the businesses have no time. You yeah. know, they're they're finding out when barriers are being set up in front of their building to block a road off. Yeah. And that's, don't, you don't have a road anymore yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I'm, that web page uh, maybe will be helpful. Helpful uh, to some extent, to some sure. Extent. Yeah. Uh, the city has come up with. Um, uh, financial contributions to try and help the businesses mm-hmm. that are losing money because right. of that. Some tax breaks uh, involved, some actual f- direct financial mm-hmm. incentives there. Uh, some local businesses have uh, stepped up. Uh, Panhandle Panhandle, cleaning yeah. is doing a punch your card. If you get, right. you get half of the 13 restaurants yeah. involved, you get... Nice way to incentivize people coming downtown. So, um, But it, it is going to continue to be the big story for us. Yeah. I'm getting used to it. Yeah, I mean, it's not as terrible as, as we all want to think it is, where I think that the general consensus is if you're down here frequently every, you know, I'm down every day, so are you. You know, it's it's not that bad. Um, you know, I was talking to uh, someone this morning before I came up here who's from Parkersburg who was here on uh, Saturday, and they went to Independence Hall. He and his wife went to Independence Hall and, uh, you know, couldn't figure out how to get out of downtown. Of course, their GPS is trying to send them up. Up Market Street, you know, because they were going to the casino. No and no uh, I wonder so, if people's GPS just, like, starts smoking, just blows up right in your car. Well, luckily for him, or I guess maybe unluckily for him, he has an older one, like a Garmin type right, one, you know. Right. I think the Google Maps and whatnot are, have been updated to show those roads closed. Yeah, I used, but, my, uh, my, you're right, the old uh, add Like the Garmins and, and yeah, it, things like it that. It would say, yeah. like, turn around. I think now it would just say, turn around, turn around, turn around, turn Make around, turn around, turn around, turn around, turn around. Watch that hole. <laughs> Watch Watch the whole. Uh, it is, uh, it, but it'll stay that way for yeah. another well, 15 or so over months. A year, yeah, yeah, yeah over year, a year and a half. The other big story, which I do, do think we need to talk about here at 944 in the morning on the Watchdog Morning Show, is um, the story of the homeless. Yeah. The city has passed a ban on homeless camps. I, I, I understand the rationale behind that. I'm kind of with that. But when the city passed that ban, the ordinance included the creation of a so-called managed camp. Now, at the time, I said I'm a little unclear what exactly that's going to be. I would have liked them to have put more details into mm-hmm. the ordinance. But the concept was no camping. Just You can't just go set up your own camp. But there will be a place set aside for the homeless to have a camp. Um, while the enforcement of the ban started on January 1st, 
but there's no homeless camp. There's no managed camp. And they, you know, the ban was essentially put on hold on what January third or second. But we're halfway through. It was going to be a two weeks, yeah. two week hold. Bob Heron told us, and we're halfway through that two weeks. You know, it's. It, I, I think there's a lot of concern. I have concerns on multiple fronts with this, outside of just the homeless issue. You know, I mean, the city passed a law to ban camping. And they backed off at the first sign of, of resistance. I think that was a bad move. You know, I know they're trying to say, well, they've got this two-week, <clears throat> you know, period that they have to give when they shut down a camp. Well, you know, everyone, uh, you know, all the agencies and uh, have known that this was coming for two months. Um, so, you know, either way, but, you know, really – here we have a, a very uh, vulnerable group that's stuck in the middle of this, almost a, a bunch of pawns right now between city government, some of these homeless organizations, um, and, you know, and, and just where we go. And I think at the end of the day, and again, you know, I look back five years and what I might have thought about this issue and see where I'm at now, and it's you know, changed pretty drastically because um, – it's not as simple as saying, you know, go get a job or go find somewhere to live. You know, it's really not. And, you know, right now I feel like they're they're just, you know, this, these, these pawns in the middle of this chess game that's being played. Um, and and no one's I'm not going to say no one's thinking about it because that's not that's totally inaccurate. But they're you know, that should always be first. I mean, we have this building, the Life Hub. We've got all these competing interests for, you know, that are that are receiving federal dollars, asking for money for the, from the public. And yet, it, you know, right now, from 8 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock at night, folks have nowhere to go. Yeah, a couple of things that I want to talk about with this issue. Number one is just, again, to remind people that the reason I feel there's a need for a managed camp or some place for these people to go is, okay, no sleeping overnight. I get it. I, I understand the problems that's created. I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily opposed to that at all. Uh, but... And the uh, the free shelter, the Life Hub, and others mm-hmm. that allow uh, the homeless in at night to stay warm during the winter months, is available. But at eight o'clock in the morning, they put them back out on the street. Yeah. And as Rosemary pointed out at council, uh, Rosemary Ketchum a couple weeks ago, you know they have things. I mean, the homeless have things, mm-hmm. possessions. Where do you go? I mean, what do you do with? What them? do you do with them? Yeah. So. You, you put them in your shopping cart, you carry them in a bag, you wander around town, you go to the library and hang out all day because there's no place to go to put right. your stuff. And I think that's a, just a very practical thing that's been kind of ignored. Um, and then I, I am really concerned that the homeless liaison position was created to try to get better cooperation among the various groups that all work with the homeless and I don't think that's happened. In no. fact, my sense of it is, if I read between the lines, I'm not reading the lines, but between the lines, I think what Bob Heron is saying is I'm trying to get these groups to work together to come up with a managed camp, and nobody's well, stepping up. Well, you know, we had a, we wrote a pretty pretty harsh editorial, I thought, this past weekend on the matter, and I got uh, some pushback on it from some of the local um, homeless organizations, which is, which is perfectly fine, and, uh, you know, but just to, you know, the Catholic Charities did offer to, has, has made a formal offer to run a managed camp. You know, the city doesn't have rules in place yet. I think the city, uh, you know, the city, the city administration, the homeless liaison, you know, a complete and utter failure in, in 
having a band go in place at a time, you know, and not having a managed camp ready at, at the same time to coincide with with that band. Um, that 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 to me is if you're going to do that, fine. You know, I mean, I agree with you. That's perfectly, you know, that's acceptable public policy to say, hey, you just can't squat on public, you know, on public land. But you know, until we can figure out a more long-term solution to to uh, to this issue, you, again, if you pass a law to set up a to establish a managed camp, and you don't do it to coincide with the ban, it seems it seems like a you know a, a failure on that right on that end. Yeah, uh, it's it's an ongoing issue, but it needs to be resolved again. Yeah. Uh, Bob Heron gave uh, two weeks pause in the homeless camp ban. But that two weeks is yeah. halfway done, if yeah. not more than that. So something's got to something's got to give here. Uh, and again, my sense of it is that it's once again these various agencies that just can't seem to get together and to work together. Yeah. Uh, Ten to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Take a break here and uh, come back and talk a bit more. Bob Westwell coming by as well. Mr. Slider, uh, we we haven't talked today about the uh, the big auction coming up. Not not coming up. The big auction underway right now by Free on Stack. Yeah, it's going on right now, Howard, and you have till Monday to get your bid in. It'll start shutting down on Monday at ten o'clock. Now there's a lot of lots. There's over eight hundred, so this is almost like an auction and a half. So uh, go there right now. Lots of advertising, collectibles. There's still a few typewriters. And Howard, the one gem for me is this Ethica shotgun. I know you're not a big shotgun guy, but this shotgun would go to anyone's collection. It has a real uh, low model number, model number 37. It's an Ithaca featherweight. I would say by that model number, we're talking 40s, maybe late 40s, early 50s, when they made a gun and that gun lasted forever. So again, this is a, this is a, a gun for anyone's gun collection. And Howard has mentioned a couple of times there's vintage BB guns, toy guns, wheeling collectibles, wheeling advertising, and it's all there. It's from the estate of Tom Burgoyne and Harold Vitale. Uh, the auction, uh, all the things are at 2476 National Road. That's in Elm Grove. The pickup will be Thursday. So if you do have a successful bid, pickup will be January 18th from noon to 6 at that location, 2476 National Road in Elm Grove. But go check it out. You have plenty of time to get in there and get your bid in. It is an online auction only, and the bidding will wrap up on Monday and then start winding down over the course of the day on Monday. So go to FrioAndStack.com, look at the uh, auction items that are available. Again, all this week we've joked about it. Bob and I have a different perspective. Bob wants the guns. I want, I want the, the good gun. I want the toys. <laughs> you know, that's just that's where we go. Uh, I also think that picture of uh, baseball teams from the uh, 1950s and 60s in Elm Grove are, is a big deal. Do you remember when Tony shotgunned his cousin, Tony B? Oh, yeah. I think it was an Ithacate model uh, 20 gauge, Howard, so keep that in mind. <laughs> keep that in mind. Uh, if you're interested, go to FrioAndStack.com and uh, click on the, this week's uh, auction, Tom Burgoyne and Harold Vitale's auction, and then uh, the auction will wind down on Monday. Eight before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Hi, it's Afi Kirchival from Talkline on Metro News. So the 2024 regular session of the West Virginia Legislature is getting underway. And Metro News is your source to keep track of what's happening under the Capitol Dome. I'll be hosting my show there a couple days each week. And on other days, still keeping track of what's happening. Jeff Jenkins with his Capitol Report. Brad McElhinney will be staffing. So we got to cover. Keep track of the West Virginia Legislature right here on this Metro News radio station. 
I'm Deepak Huda. I am from originally India. I am director of the Structural Heart Program as well as Cardiac Cat Lab at Wheeling Hospital. Our main clinic is obviously here at Wheeling Hospital WU Medicine. We also have satellite clinics, we call it, the Upper the Highlands. Then we have clinic at the Wheeling Clinic, which is in downtown Wheeling, and Martins Ferry. And then we also have clinic at St. Clair as well. So we try to go where the patients are or to make it most convenient for them. Over the years, you've brought opioids into your home. They helped when you were in pain, and you held on to them just in case. But holding on to opioids puts your family at risk. Learn more at www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Keep up with the ever-changing world of sports all night long. Sports Map Radio is on the watchdog. FM 98.1 AM 1600. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. With Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Everybody's working for the Well, we're working for the weekend here. Weekend almost here. Slider and I are almost done, and I'll be heading off to... Look at uh, the smile on my face, Howard. The weekend is the here. The weekend is here. But you know what? Nothing like heading off to the weekend with a little good disagreement with John McCabe. We've been far too in agreement lately, John. That's because you're so conservative It's nowadays. because you have finally come over <laughs> you changed to my him, side. You changed I, him, John. I, I know. It's been side. about 15 years to do it. But, <laughs> I mean, but uh, let's talk about uh, the horrible decision that the Board of Trustees at Youngstown University made to solicit uh, and then to hire uh, Congressman Bill Johnson to be their uh, their president at Youngstown State, a guy who has no credentials that make him a presidential timber at all, a guy that is object- objectionable to the faculty, a process that was not transparent. It's just uh, it's about as wrong as you can possibly get. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, pretty clear out there when you called it a horrible decision. It was. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a, it's going to, that remains to be seen. I, you know, I, I think it's going to be an interesting case study at Youngstown State. Um, you know, and, and at some point, quite frankly, the pressure might get to be too much because, you know, as we've seen here locally and we've seen at other places, you know, uh, it, you've got to have, if you want to be an effective college president, you've got to have faculty, you've got to have staff, students on board. You know, there's a, I don't know how large it's going to be, but, you know, they're already planning student protests protest. for, what is it, January 21st, which is first day on the job. Um, you know, what really sold me that Bill Johnson was the right pick was when Ed O'Neill, not Al Bundy. Al Bundy would never do this, but when Ed O'Neill, the actor, Good one, John. the Hollywood elitist, Ed O'Neill, you know, came out and said he was going to going to give back his honorary degree, not the honorary degree, you know, the fake one. <laughs> I, uh, I I I want to fight, not argue, not, not agree, but I got to say, I thought that was really that that, that did not a- add. To I mean, the, it was like okay, that did were, not add to the cause. And he at is all. a Youngstown guy, but you know, if you like had a you know, okay, yeah, no, but no, I, you know, giving back my you know my honorary doctorate of letters. Do you think any chance at all the university caves in? There there is. It seems to be a large number of students, faculty, staff that are very objectionable to this. There are several former presidents who have objected. It's hard, sometimes hard to see how big that is. Yeah. Is there a chance that you know? I mean, I'd be surprised. I mean, you know how people are; they're going to dig in until they can't dig in any further. Then they might relent. But you know, Bill. I mean, Bill Johnson's resigned from Congress. You know, he's moved. He bought a condominium in Youngstown, right off campus. So I don't 
I think that'd be hard, and I think there would be a you know big lawsuit on the back end of that as right. well. John, good to have you back here Thanks, again. Alan. Hopefully you can well. back again next week, yeah. and we'll get back in the swing of things. Meantime, let's talk to the other uh, Bob. Bob Westfall is here from uh, the Big 7, WTRF-TV. Bob, only got a minute or two, but good morning, sir. Morning. How are you? I'm good. It's the weekend. I'm almost ready to roll. All right. Well, you know what we could do as soon as you get done there? You could head up to the Highlands. You could try out for the Wheeling Miners. Excuse me? Indoor Football League. The tryout starts today. Well, maybe I'll go up and give it a try. Well, I was thinking maybe concessions, but then I thought, well, that's probably not a good place for you. All right. I assume you're working on that. What else are you working on here at the Big 7 today? I've got a few other things working on. uh, Super 6 plans. We're going to talk to Rick Jones about what Wheeling is planning uh, for their bid to have the Super 6 continue in Wheeling. We'll talk to him this afternoon. As you know, Montegalli County has been right out there saying they want the championship games in Morgantown. So we'll have that. Uh, Reverend Cummings, Bishop Cummings, I'm sorry, speaking to students in the third grade at Madison. We're going to talk to him about the importance of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So we'll have that. And and Yorkville Police, uh, actually Yorkville does not have a police department right now. Uh, We're going to find out uh, what's going on up there. Uh, Taylor Long's working on that story today. So real quick, uh, and there's a Shabbat service uh, at Temple Shalom tonight, and we will be there as well. They'll be kicking uh, off the uh, Martin Luther King celebration weekend, yeah. Very good. That's it. All right, check it all out at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 5.30, the region-wide show, and always on the award-winning website, WTRF.com, or carry Channel 7 in your pocket on your smartphone or tablet with the uh, Storm Tracker 7 app and the News app, always set for push notifications, and then you will be among the first to know what's happening here in the upper Ohio Valley. Bob, have a great weekend. We will talk to you next week. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. All right. That's it. Got to wrap it up. Time to say sayonara. See you. Bye-bye. Farewell. I got to go. I got to get out of here. Kercheville has the calm coming up next. I think he's back in studio today. He was down in Charleston for a couple days yesterday, and he'll be there a couple days every week during the legislative session, but I think he's back in back at the home base uh, today. That's coming up next. The Pine Room boys are in this afternoon. and They're in right now. They're out in the hallway. I don't know what they're doing, but they're they're preparing for the show, that's for sure. And Mr. Slider, have yourself a great weekend. You sir. too, Howard. Uh, Bob and Bear tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock. People can check out Good Old Boys on Sports. Bear was 4-0 last week. All right. And we will get back together again Monday morning, 7 o'clock. Another go-around of the big gig right here. You want to be